Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Mary Chopper Live. This is Dr. Joe Bean broadcasting from Middle Tennessee. We'd love to have you be on the program with us. If you would like to actually ask a question, here's the number you can call 657 383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, when you hear the answer, be sure to press that number one. That puts you in the queue, and then you can speak with us. Now, typically, we do this also at Facebook Live at the same time, but uh, because of the fact that that uh, can't be done today and that our our, our primary videographer and the guy over all of our media is actually enjoying a two-week tour in Europe with his bride who just got uh, certified as our registered nurse, I think it is, and they're celebrating that for a while. And so rather than trying to jump through all the hoops to make this happen otherwise, since he's our expert, we decide we'll just do this one on Blog Talk Radio. And again, if you'd like to speak to us, that's the number, 657 383 Okay, now, I am not doing this with a host or a co-host today. I'm actually going to do this just you and me. Let's go ahead and take that first call uh, in just a second. Let me go ahead and mention one or two things, if I may, ahead of that. We genuinely care about you. We care about your relationships. We care about what you do with your life. Obviously, we're not going to tell you what to do because of the fact that that's not who and what we are. Okay. We don't tell people what to do. You say, well, Dr. Bean, do you guys ever tell anybody anything that they should do? Mm-hmm. We will. If and when, it's something that there must be something done about quickly. For example, if you call and tell me that a rattlesnake just bit you and you want to know what you should do about that, I'll tell you. <laughs> call a doctor. Go to the emergency room. But in most decisions, when it comes to relationships, in most decisions, when it comes to relationship, understand that typically the emergency is not really an emergency. What I mean by that is this. It means that typically we have some kind of a panic because of what we're in. Our emotions are beginning to take us over. And in that sense, we may feel it's an emergency. And quite often what we want to do in those situations is say, calm down. Just take your time. As much as you possibly can, please try to not get too excited. Don't panic. Because very seldom in relationships is there a true panic situation. Is there a true crisis that's got to be handled exactly at this moment? It's going to take a little bit longer than that, and that's what we ask you to do. And so if you say, okay, Dr. Beam, if we talk to you on the program here, or if we talk to one of your coaches, then that person's not going to tell me what to do? And the answer is no. That person will not tell you what to do unless it's something like I just said, like go to the emergency room or call the police. In other words, if it's a true, real, actual emergency. Otherwise, what we're going to do is suggest just calm down. Try not to react and particularly not to overreact. Are you hearing me? Don't react. Really don't overreact because that's when you wind up making poor choices. That's when you wind up doing things that you ought not do. And so calm down. Now, remember, you can actually go on to things like Spreaker.com and type in marriage. Uh, I think it's called marriage radio that we have there. You can definitely look for marriage helper and or either look by my name, Dr. Joe Beam. And we have a lot of different podcasts out there that cover a lot of different topics. And if you go to our website, Marriage Helper, that's marriagehelper.com, we have a ton of articles on there, and you can read those articles about various things. Now, understand that that will not necessarily apply specifically and directly to your situation because it's dealing with general principles. But these general principles are things that if you understand them, if you pay attention to them, then you can begin to apply those to your particular and specific situation. Now, the reason that we do a program like this 
is so that if indeed you say, well, I want to know how to do it this way or that way, then on a program like this, I'll try to help you as best I can. But even here, where I'm limited to about five to seven minutes per caller at best, even then a program like this, it's very difficult to give you specific counsel, specific advice as to what to do. Now, you say, well, how can we ever get that kind of vibration from you guys? Then that's when we suggest that you take uh, actually enroll, sign up, or whatever the word we use, book time with one of our uh, coaches. Our coaches, we have both male and female coaches. They're extremely good at what they do. They're well-trained. They work for um, Jim Porto, who not only is our director of operations, but he's director of all our coaches. And they are the ones who can spend a lot of time with you, listening, asking questions, making sure they understand. And if you want that kind of counseling, like, no, I don't do counseling, they do coaching. If you want that kind of an interaction with an individual, then definitely call us at our office. And I'll give that number in just a few minutes. And then do your best to get with one of our coaches because he or she can give you that kind of attention. Again, the articles kind of broad based, but they have a lot of good information podcast do the same. And here just a little step beyond that. And so now we're going to talk to bill from Michigan who wants to ask a question about interacting with the spouses in the Valley. Hi, Bill. Can you hear me? Hi, Dr. Joe. How are you? I'm doing well today, my friend. And how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, to it, I, I just wanted to thank you, though, for uh, you know your site and your show. It's it's very helpful. Thank you. Uh, so my wife has been engaged uh, in uh, what I definitely would consider almost like a textbook limerent affair. Uh, mm-hmm. Started late October 2018, uh, moved kind of right through your phases, just as you as you described. Uh, in mm-hmm. crystallization, I would say, in uh, no, end of November, early December, they were just obsessed with each other. Um, mm-hmm. It's a coworker, but he works out of state, so they have to kind of uh, manipulate their schedules. They can probably see each other once, maybe twice a week. Um, I see. I was engaging in, you know, push behaviors and things like that early on. I discovered it at the end of December. Uh, mm-hmm. Was, you know, not uh, reacting properly. Uh, started learning about what not to do, uh, got a bit of a modification in her behavior. Uh, she's mm-hmm. nice to me most of the time, but then will at times uh, vilify and attack me, you know, over yeah. the littlest, littlest possible mm-hmm. thing. Um, the affair still continues on. I feel like, uh, it's not, it's not this crazy limerence thing anymore with them. It's like they've almost got this little schedule worked out between them and they enjoy their, their liaisons, we'll call them. Uh, mm-hmm. and so my question is, you know, how long is this just going to go on for? I mean, I know there's no, no end to it. You know, sometimes, uh, I feel like she's got an ideal situation where she's getting all the love and support and help at home. We have a child together, you know, um, everything that she needs domestically around the house, I'm filling that need. He's mm-hmm. giving her this excitement and this, you know, intimacy that she was craving in our relationship. Uh, that's been lacking, um, you know, so she's got like an ideal situation here, it seems to me for her, for her. Um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at some point, do I need to take some sort of definitive action? You know, I hear that, you know, some people recommend that the, this affair will continue until the, she realizes the cost associated with it until I impose some sort of cost such as, you know, leaving or, or something like that, uh, that mm-hmm. she's just going to continue on doing this until there's some sort of consequence for her action. That's not necessarily so, Bill. I mean, I can understand why people think like that, and, and sometimes it does work like that, but it's not necessarily so. So, for example, if this really is limerence, true limerence, and, and it's only started back in October, is that when I heard you said so just a few months old at this point, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And... Even if she's in crystallization stage, okay, which is sometimes difficult to, to figure out if they are or not, but even if she is in that phase, the crystallization phase, understand that while it may seem smooth, it typically isn't. Because if it's truly limerence, if that really is what it is, then people in limerence become hypervigilant toward the LO, the limerent object, the other person. What I mean by that is that they tend to be on an emotional roller coaster because when this other person seems to be uh, accepting and saying the right things, then they're on a 
some kind of a high, the excitement that you referred to a couple of minutes ago. But if the person does anything or says anything that might appear to be moving in the other direction, then they tend to get into the very lows. Now, the fact that they're not having that much contact because he lives someplace else probably would ex- exacerbate or increase the highs because there's not as much uh, things that she can do and as many things as she can do in the hypervigilance. So don't assume that it's smooth there. Even if it looks smooth to you, don't assume that it's not. Now, for those who are not familiar with our terminology, Bill, I'm going to go ahead and talk about just for a second the valley, even though I know you understand it. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Okay. For those that are new to us or are not familiar with our terminology, the valley is what we call it when a person is in between two things and doesn't have to make a decision toward either. And so in a situation like Bill's here, he said he's doing the domestic thing. She's getting several things that she needs. Now I'm assuming Bill, that that means that she still lives at home. Is that correct? Yes. We're still at home and I'm still in the same bedroom and everything. There's no, okay. no intimacy or anything like that, but we're, we're still all there. Okay. Now let me clarify. When you say no intimacy, you mean no sex, right? Correct. Really not even touching, hand-holding, hugging, kissing, nothing, nothing like that. Okay. All right. What about openness or transparency, true communication, any of that taking place? Yeah, as far, but nothing about our relationship or the affair, just about mm-hmm. life in general, work, mm-hmm. children, um, family, current events, gotcha. that sort of stuff, but Nothing. Mm-hmm. I just haven't brought up anything about our relationship or the affair that it. results in a lot of negativity. <laughs> I understand, my friend, and I'm so sorry for that. But when it comes to talking about non-touchy subjects at the moment, she is being communicative, open, talking to you, like like even like friends. Is that correct? Yes, yes. When it's on when it's on her terms, there are times when you can just tell, stay the heck away. And then other times she will come to me and just, it's like I went back in time four years and we have a great friendship Mm -hmm. and relationship again. Right. Okay. So the reason I'm asking those kind of questions, Bill, is I'm not, I'm not trying to disagree with you or contradict you. It's just that when we talk about intimacy, we're not necessarily talking about physical contact. When we talk about intimacy, we talk about being able to communicate where that is more than just good morning. I mean, you can actually talk to each other some. So in that sense, it appears that you do at least have a little bit of intimacy, even though it's not being physical in any shape, fashion, or form. So, okay, I understand that. And so back to the to, uh, talking to the larger group just for a minute, Bill, if I may. So you understand that then she's able to sleep in the same bed, even though they're not touching each other, and that she's able to have some conversations, those kinds of things. But at the same time, she still has the relationship with the LO, the limerick object, that kind of thing. And so for the people out there, that's what we call the valley. And in a valley, people typically don't feel that they need to do anything because I've got it over here like I want it. I've got it over there like I want it. And so I can just stay in between and everything's going to be cool. Now, What I'm hearing you ask, Bill, is, okay, some people are saying to me that I need to to stop that so that she begins to realize the consequences. Let me give you the pros and the cons of that, and then we'll talk about one other thing. It's not unusual if a person who is in limerence, if they begin to feel a lot of pressure from other people, which can be the spouse, can be the children, can be anybody. It's not unusual that if they're in deep limits, in, the, in other words, if she really is in phase two, if she truly is in the crystallization phase, then typically what happens there is that any kind of pressure, like, okay, you're going to have to face the consequences of your behavior, tends to push them toward the LO rather than away from the LO. Is there ever a time when a person has to face the consequences of his or her behavior? And the answer is yes. And is there ever a time when that can potentially move a person back toward the spouse? And the answer is yes. So what we typically suggest, and again, always, Bill, as you know, it's your decision. If in the valley there's any kind of progress being made between the two of you, and based on what you said just a minute ago, it sounds as if there is. What I mean by that is this that she's still at least talking to you. Now, obviously not about the touchy, touchy subject, touch, I can't talk today, Bill, touchy subjects, but at least she's having some kind of conversation with you and you're beginning to rebuild a friendship. Then our suggestion, 
and I want everybody out there to hear this. This is a suggestion. You have to make the ultimate decision is that if there's any progress being made, then it's not always the wisest thing to do to force a person out of the valley. But there's some exceptions to that. If, if, if you, for example, Bill, are being affected negatively physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually, or your kids are being affected negatively. And I'm not talking about the fact that it hurts. I know it hurts. I'm talking about doing real damage to you. For example, your, your health's beginning to get out of control. Your, your um, heartbeat's getting to be too fast. I mean, all kinds of things. Well, we can say not just the fact that it hurts that she's doing this, but the fact that it's actually beginning to cause you some physical problems or your kids' physical problems. Interestingly, even if it's causing her physical problems. Intellectually, if it becomes where it's not just pain, but it's, it's debilitating. I can't think. I can't work. Emotionally, like, well, I'm just torn up all the time. Spiritually, like I'm beginning to value, I'm beginning to abandon my beliefs and values. That's when we suggest that you go ahead and do something about the valley. Now, again, I'm, I'm repeating this a lot. It is your decision as to when and as to how. But if it's not damaging you or your kids and you can tolerate this for a little piece of time, as long as there is still some kind of communication taking place between the two of you, then it's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I take that back. It's a terrible thing that she's in the valley. But I'm saying it's not necessarily incumbent upon you to try to push her out of the valley. So if people are saying, yeah, I'll make her realize the consequence of her behavior and that'll bring us to her senses, if limerence is dying, that could work. If she's in the midst of limerence, the greater likelihood is it's going to push her right into his arms. Now, it's your decision. So here's the question, Bill. How is it affecting you? Or, by the way, do you have kids? Yeah, we have a, we have a third grader. Um, so third he's grader. totally oblivious to it. I mean, at least on a, you know, on okay. some level. I mean, he doesn't know what's, what's going on. I mean, yeah. it's affecting me, <laughs> you know, with the hurt. And I feel like uh, mm-hmm. I'm always on eggshells. I always feel like, mm-hmm. man, i got to make sure I don't do this or that or just not upset her. So dancing around on eggshells is, is probably the hardest part for me. I get that. And I know that's a terrible way to feel. And I, may I suggest don't dance around on eggshells. I mean, be understanding, understand what effect your behavior is going to have, what effect your behavior is likely going to have is a better way to say it. But it's a miserable thing to live, you know, feeling like you're on eggshells. But what I'm hearing you is that at this point it's not damaging you physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm getting through okay. it. It's not easy, but uh, I'm, I'm talking no, about it. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. And when you talk about somebody who's been in since October, let's say that's November, December, January, we're talking about four months into this thing, right? Correct. Not a long time. Okay. Not a long time. And, and, uh, you know, if you look at the research, it's going to end somewhere between three months and 48 months. I know you don't want to hear that second number. But if she's moved that far, that fast, then the likelihood, and I'm not guaranteeing you this, okay? I'm just saying the likelihood is it's not going to last like 48 months. The faster people move into it, usually the faster they come out of it when they do come out of it. Now, don't hear that as a promise. Don't hear that as a guarantee. I'm just telling you statistically how it works. So, Bill, you do whatever you think you need to do, but I would suggest you not listen to the people who say, well, you need to go ahead and worry about consequences now, because my guess is, and again, I'm guessing, my guess is because okay. your decision. Okay? That sounds, that sounds good. Thanks, Dr. Joe. Okay, thank you, Bill. You take care of there, Michigan, my friend. How's the weather up there, Bill? Thank you. I guess I lost it before I got a weather report. Okay. I was just curious. I know the weather's been kind of tough up there. Okay. Now we're going to go to Stacy from Nebraska. Okay. Hello. Stacy, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Can you hear me, Stacy? Yeah. It's a little crackly, but I can still hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry. It must be something on our phone line. I'm actually working out of my oh, home probably. studio today. And I actually have a better, I have some really good equipment in my home studio. So how may I help you today, Stacey? Um, yeah, I have a question. So my husband has been, my husband has been in his affair for about six years. Hmm. And he's never moved out. 
He's never filed for divorce, anything like that. Um, what was that last time? He's never is, what now? You say he's never moved he's out. Never, what like, else filed, did you say? He's never moved out, like never filed for divorce, anything like okay. that. But okay. it's been um, six years. And my question is, could the pies be having the opposite effect on him? Because he is like... Um, I guess he he's more he he wants you to be about kind of about him chase him type of thing. So could it be having the opposite effect by chance? Okay, no, I'm I'm having trouble hearing you. you. Said that last is about what now? Could the pies have an opposite effect? The smart right, contract I heard that the pies could that be having that? Yeah, because he okay. is a. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he likes the attention, the chase, things like that. So could that be having the opposite effect on him and why his affair is lasting longer than normal? Well, of course, I don't know your husband, so I can only answer in general principle. You understand? Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't see how the pies could actually have a negative effect unless he is so absorbed into himself that anything that's not about him uh, becomes a downside. Is, are you saying yeah. that's what it is, that he's that self-absorbed? Yeah. Okay. As you know, Sorry. a six-year-old Yeah, he affair, is very selfish. Hmm. Okay. If I may ask, how long have you guys been married? So we got married. May will be six years. Okay. And, and the child so I hear in the background. Emo- How old yeah, is the sorry child? Sorry about that. No How old She's is the child? She's two and a half. Okay. So you got married six years ago and he's been in an affair for six years? Is that what I hear? Yeah. So I started hearing about this girl like right before we got married. She was just a coworker, but I was hearing about her all the time. You know, kind of so I think it was a little bit emotional at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned physical a couple months after we got married. But I didn't find mm-hmm. out about the affair until I was 20 weeks pregnant. Like I was halfway mm-hmm. through my pregnancy when I found out. Okay. So obviously, apparently, he was still sleeping with you, making love with you, even though he was involved in the affair. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And uh, is he still making love to you? No, that's a stop that I put in effect about 16 months ago. Okay. And how did he react to that? Um, Pretty bad. I got an email basically saying, this is uh, my response to you. I'm not going to speak to you anymore unless it's about our child. And has he held true to that? No, he did for a couple of weeks, but. That's any time he gets mad or feels um, like I stick to him. That's always his response. Okay. And so you said the child, what, is two? Is that what I heard, two years old? Yep, she's two and a half, yep. Two and a half, okay. So you were 20 weeks into it, so nearly three years since you have known about this. Yep, yep, April will be three years, yeah. Okay. I don't think that the pies work against you. Okay. Now, obviously I don't know your husband, so I'm having to guess and and talk about general principles you understand, but the pies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me see if I can explain something here. Uh, Stacy, the pies actually have two different things. Okay. That they do. One is what do the pies do for me personally, meaning you. And then the secondary part of it is what does the pies do in effect to the other person? Let me see if I can explain that just a little. Okay. If mm-hmm. if you do the pies only because of, of what you think it's going to do in terms of the other person, then what you'd wind up doing is you wind up giving it up because of the fact that you don't see the response that you expect. And so we mm-hmm. suggest that you think about pies in terms of physically, I'm going to be the best I can because that's what I need to do for me physically. Intellectually, I'm going to do the best for myself emotionally, spiritually, et cetera. Now, the secondary effect then has to do with, okay, how then does that affect the other person? But, but primarily, it has to start with you. 
Now, obviously, we in my, in my book, for example, The Art of Falling in Love, I talk about the fact that, yeah, it's part of attraction and it's part of how it affects the other person. That's one of the things that it does. But if you do it thinking, how is he reacting to this? How is he reacting to that? Then you'll wind up being torn between this and that and go this direction for a while and that direction for a while. So think of the pies primarily in terms of I'm becoming the best me I can be because that's what I need to do for me. Now, as you do mm-hmm. that, if you do this, what's best for me, then you're not judging the pie's effectiveness based on how it's affecting him. You're actually judging their effectiveness based on how it's affecting you. Now, do we hope and believe that if you're consistent with the pies, that it typically does have an effect on the other person? Yeah, that's why in my book, it's actually put in the section on uh, attraction. Okay, we get that. So my suggestion is that you continue to work on the pies for you. Now, you sound relatively young. Are you as young as you sound? I'm almost 32. Okay, you're young. <laughs> Trust me. And the, <laughs> I don't know how t- people interpret that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and the child, uh, um, male or female? Female. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. She's female. Female. Okay. All right. You know, your daughter a lot. I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Does your husband indicate love toward the daughter? Yes. Um, that's something I've been struggling with lately too. I think my daughter has developed anxiety and at such a young age that really concerns me. Um, she's Mm -hmm. also become super attached to me and she'll have crying fits anytime her dad tries to do anything with her, put her to bed, even take Mm. her to get ice cream. She'll freak out unless I come to, you know, even at that age, Mm-hmm. Yep, they do, Stacy. Not you know, kid. Every kid is different, of course, but it's not unusual for a two and a half year old to sense this. Because if if you have anxiety around your husband, she'll sense that. She'll feel that. If you um, if your husband's being uh, distant to you, she can sense that. And so I have no doubt that it's affecting the child. Now, let me go mm-hmm. one more step with this, and then I'll move to the next caller. Listen to me carefully, if you will. On the previous caller, which was about, okay, how long do I let some things go on? Remember that you do it unless it's causing some damage to you or your kids or the other person, either physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually. Now, when a two-year-old starts suffering from anxiety, that sounds as if that might be doing some kind of damage to the two-year-old. I'm not saying like permanent scarring. I'm not saying she's going to wind up in some psychiatrist's office the rest of her life. I'm not saying that, but at least it's not pleasant for her. She apparently, based on what you're saying, and I'm just basing it on what you're saying, she apparently doesn't feel safe in the situation with him. Is that correct? Well, that's what I'm kind of getting. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm sensing as well, even though he's done nothing. Like, he's not like that at all, and we hardly ever argue the thing is we just don't usually communicate at all anymore Mm -hmm. and I think she senses that and then if he Mm -hmm. does raise his voice a little bit like not even yelling Mm -hmm. just kind of more stern she instantly is crawling on top of me Hmm. well Stacey obviously it's your decision but in the situation that you're describing you may want to consider making a couple of more stops or even a core in the sense of, okay, this, this is what, if we're going <laughs> to, if we're going to continue our relationship and this is what happens, that's a core. Or if we're going to continue a relationship, this is what you must stop. And as you understand, the stop is not to punish the other person. It's to safeguard you. It's a safeguard that offers mm-hmm. protection S T O P. But in the situation where it's been going on for six years and he's having this kind of effect, I do not suggest you stop doing the pies because I think the pies are important for you, but you may be in a situation where that you have to make some hard decisions by any chance. Are you talking to any of our coaches? No, not yet. That's another thing. My husband is very money. Everything Mm -hmm. has to do with money to him. Um, And so he watches where all that goes. That's something I've been considering. Is he controlling you through controlling finances? What do we do, our coaching or not? This is not about coaching, but does he control you about by controlling finances? Yes. Okay. 
that's got to be a miserable situation, my friend. It has to be a very miserable yeah. situation. It's it's up to you as to what you do. Have you even consulted an attorney about if I were to do, or what could I do? Why can I make this thing better? Have you talked to one at all? Yeah, I've spoke to quite a few throughout the years, but most of them encourage me to stay married as long as possible mm-hmm. for basically so that I can spend as much time with my daughter as I like to and as she seems to want to be with me and mm-hmm. just yeah I don't know it, it kind of blows my mind but that seems to be the case with everyone that I should try and stay married which obviously is what I want to do I just feel very stuck <laughs> I'm not pro-divorce I'm not trying to get you to divorce your husband but I'm saying yeah. when it comes to the point where you feel controlled and stuck and you're worried about your daughter then typically at that time, Stacey, is when you need to do something. Now, I'm not telling you what to do because I don't know enough about the situation. I wish that you could talk to one of our coaches because they they have the time where they can spend a lot of time asking you questions, understanding things, helping you think things through. They won't tell you either what to do, but they'll ask you the questions where you can think it through clearly and fully. And and I realize, you know, if he's controlling all the money, that becomes difficult. Our coaching is relatively inexpensive, but I'm not trying to sell you coaching. I'm just saying that having a good person to help you think things through right now could be of great value to you, my friend. But with this going on, like it's going on right here, in contrast to the previous caller where I said, my suggestion would be write it out if you can. In your situation, of course, it's your decision. And I'm certainly not trying to encourage divorce, not at all. But in your situation, Stacey, you may need to get some help or else this is going to just keep on going like this. And affecting you and affecting your daughter. And so getting some Mm -hmm. good help would be a wise thing to do right now, young lady. If you can't afford coaching, whatever, if you go to church, maybe see a pastor if your pastor knows what they're doing when it comes to this kind of thing. Or a counselor or therapist if you're going to be able to afford that. Um, I'm just saying I hope you don't keep doing what you're doing right now because it sounds unhealthy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I just, I, I had a doctor's appointment the other day, and she said that I should probably see a therapist. So I've been looking into that just because some of my lab work and things she said was concerning. So I've been trying to figure that out and see if I can swing yeah. that by. But that's something, again, my husband doesn't believe in. He thinks it's a waste of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like, well, I'm not going to say that because I'm going to put ideas in your head. I just hate it that you feel stuck and think, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you need to do something about that because that's extremely unhealthy. Okay? Okay. All right. If you call our office, and I'll give the number in just a minute, but if you call our office and ask to speak one of our client reps, you can tell the client rep, you know, money's an issue here, and they'll do whatever they can. You know, they have certain limitations, but they'll do whatever they can to help you. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you've got something okay. to write with, I'll give you that number now. I have it. I've spoke with Amber okay. multiple times. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> if anybody can number. figure out how to help you, it would be Amber. Okay. We have okay. great. All our client reps are great. She's great. Okay. Thank you, Stacy. May, may things work out better for you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. And that just breaks my heart. Understand that we never encourage anybody to be a doormat. We never encourage anybody to let somebody else run over you or control you. In psychology, it's called self-determination. And self-determination has to do with the fact that I don't want to be the one under somebody else's thumb. I want to be able to make my own decisions about life. And that's an extremely important thing. Okay, we're going to move on to Massachusetts now. And we're trying to talk to Marie. Marie, are you there? Hi, Dr. Joe. Yeah, hi, Dr. Joe. How are you? I'm doing well today. For a change, it stopped raining in Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) May I help you today, Uh, Marie? um, I had a question. Uh, In some of your podcasts and in um, previous shows, I think, um, I've heard you talk about kind of the pre-reconciliation period um, as kind of like being like dating. Um, And Mm -hmm. I wanted to call and ask a little bit more about that. So just kind of a background, my um, my husband had been in an affair and had been moved out of the house for about three months, and it's been about about two months since he's been home. Um, and when he initially moved home, it was sort of like he seemed more on board with, um, you 
know, kind of building a new relationship and seemed more engaged. And um, in the last month or so, he's definitely disengaged again and pulled back. Um, Mm. And, you know, in terms of kind of in my own mind, I've kind of been thinking through, you know, you know, that, you know, you you all said this would would happen and, you know, um, that's kind of normal that we're kind of starting from scratch. Um, but the issue that I, so I, I kind of been thinking of it in like a dating relationship, but at the same time, I kind of am, wanted you to talk a little bit more about it because it's almost like I'm in a situation where I'm trying to maybe be in a dating relationship with somebody that I wouldn't really date because of he's not acting really in a way that's giving hmm. anything at all, or, you know, is in a, is in, in a way that, you know, is still pushing away. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to get over this hump because it's kind of like I don't want to give up too soon after we've gone this far and it's like he's come back. So there's some part of him that wants to be back. But um, I don't. I just wanted to see if you had kind of any more insight to kind of how to manage this kind of beginning reconciliation period when you still have a spouse that's pushing back and kind of not engaged. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good, Marie. I think that's an excellent question. Jim Porto is our director of operations and also overall of the coaches. He and I are already in the early stages of putting together more information about reconciliation because it seems that wait, there are so many questions about it. Now, let me see if I can explain some of that briefly here in hopes that as we get a little further into it, you know, like a few weeks down the road, I can give you a lot more. But mm-hmm. maybe even not that you're dating to begin with. I mean, even go back prior to that and go, okay, right now we're probably in a discovery period. What I mean by that is this, okay, he comes home and by the way, it's not unusual. I think you understand this. It's not unusual for a person to kind of make a big step and then pull back some. Okay. It, it's mm-hmm. just kind of what people do sometimes. Um, I, well, I started to illustrate, but that illustration doesn't make sense. So I'll just go with this. When people make a major decision like that, okay, I'm coming home and sometimes they have expectations, just as you might have expectations, that aren't realistic. And when those expectations aren't made, like, well, if I just go home, then everything's going to be different and wonderful and amazing. And then it, it doesn't typically turn out that way because reconciliation is actually a process that takes some work and a lot of things to work through. So not even dating it. I think probably I would say mm, you're more like in discovery. And so he came home and what you're discovering is this, each of you is discovering, do I have inside of me the willingness to do what it takes to make this thing work? And so I'm going to interact with you. You're going to interact with me. And it's like, I'm kind of committed, but I'm not totally committed. And if things aren't as I expect, then I start pulling away those kinds of things. And it's very, very common. And I hear what you're saying, like, okay, I don't feel like I'm in a dating situation because I wouldn't date a guy that acts like this. <laughs> I get mm-hmm. it. If does he does he open up and talk with you? Not much. Okay. Does Not he talk about? Okay. Does he talk about anything? Um. Sometimes, um, but hmm. you know, I I think too. I've definitely. You know, I, I've been trying to stay away, especially in the beginning part. I was trying to stay away, obviously, from talking about relationship, um, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to kind of just, you know, in, have more pleasant time to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, so, but, yeah, I think all it's always been the case that he hasn't, it's not a big sharer, I guess. Um, so, he talks, he, he talks some, you know, can talk about work and to kind of really surface things, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't really, doesn't really open up. Doesn't definitely not, you know, bringing any bricks down. Okay. But at least he's talking some, right? Talking. Yeah. Talking. So, some. So, so, so what is his personality? Let me go ask a couple of questions. For example, is he the kind of person that tends to really process before he makes a decision or is he a person that makes decisions like that? He makes decisions like that. He's like a dominant, right? Okay, so he like, makes decisions. Well, I can't remember what the, yeah, makes decisions okay. fast. Okay. What about you? I'm more of a processor. Okay. All right. So we have a, a person that we would call an actor, a person that tends to act first and then a processor. Okay. So there's some, there's a, put some things going on there and he's extremely dominant, right? Okay. All right. Sometimes people who are extremely dominant, tend to be very impatient. 
what I mean by that is like things should happen the way I think they should happen when I think they should happen that way. And so they tend to have a problem with being patient with things. People who are extremely dominant like that also tend to be not very self-disclosive in the sense that, Mm -hmm. okay, if I reveal too much of myself and I've given up too much power to other people around me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So some of this that's going on may be related to the fact of his personality. Interestingly, the combination you're describing here is the most common combination between husbands and wives. So, when you talk to him about whatever it might be, do you ask a lot of questions? Yes. And he doesn't okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> really dominant people don't <laughs> because they typically mm-hmm. aren't very detailed people. In other words, I've got this mm-hmm. worked out in my head. This is what I think, or this is what I feel. And if you start asking too many questions, it just kind of drives them up the wall. Now that's in mm-hmm. general. I'm not talking about your husband per se, but that's in general which means that some of what needs to happen here in all likelihood has to do with you learning how to communicate with him based on his personality style. Now, obviously he's going to have to do the same, but if he's the one who is, mm, he came back, things were better. And then he's kind of pulled back some, then the person that probably will have the most effect is if you indeed begin to learn how to speak his language. Is that making any sense at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By by any chance, are you dealing with any of our coaches? I am, yes. Okay. May I, I ask which Melody. coach you're dealing with? Melodies. Melodies. Excellent. Have you talked with her about how to blend your personalities at all? Not really. Not specifically. Um, we did attend okay. the workshop. So, the you know, the personalities that you described in terms of combinations, it's exactly mm-hmm. what we are. I think I was like the I and he was the D, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm suggesting, and I'm sure it's got to be frustrating for you, but I, first of all, I'm saying it's not unusual that a person backs off a little. So I'm asking mm-hmm. you, please not to panic about that if you can help it. Okay. If you can continue mm-hmm. to be patient and understand that the expectations to have at this point shouldn't be really high expectations. It's a, a day at a time kind of thing as you learn how to work through these things. And I tell you what, I, I just uh, had a big meeting with Jim this morning. I'll get back with him again and say, look, buddy, we need to go ahead and, and do all of this stuff about reconciliation and get it out there. And for, because I know there are a lot of people like you, Marie, asking those kinds of questions. Who uh, was Jim, the one who led the workshop that you went to? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So all I can suggest right now is don't panic that he pulled back some. And secondly, uh, just let this go a day at a time, a day at a time. Just be as patient as you possibly can. And over time, when he talks to you about anything, be just like we talked about, where that you are the, the warm, listening, caring person. And hopefully that will, with time, lead him to talking about the things that are actually better for your relationship. But it's a day at a time kind of thing now. And, and, don't get frustrated that it's not moving as fast as you think it should. Okay. Um, can I ask you okay. one other question that's sort of related? Um, so do you think, and I had discussed this with coach, my coach too, do you, he had been in an affair and before, you know, when he had moved, basically I, he moved back without, without us putting any like accountability things in place. Do you think that mm-hmm. that should be, that should always happen? before someone moves back home or after an affair occurs? It has to do with, well, first of all, what did your coach say? Um, We pretty much talked about like, you know, whether it was like a must have for me Mm -hmm. to continue the relationship. I think I kind of been thinking about it as like a core kind of thing, you know, whether or not it's a requirement for, um, for the relationship to continue. Okay. So yeah, that's when we kind talk of like about a cords, we call kind of decision. Right. It is a personal decision without a doubt. It's all according to what's super important to you. So the core has to do with, you know, continuing our relationship essential. And then this is something that has mm-hmm. to happen or I can't go to the next step. And um, some people 
can't even begin the early, early stages of reconciliation, like discovery without a core. Like I, I have to have this here. Or I can't continue. Other people are like, well, okay, I could do that, but I can wait to like the second or third step of reconciliation because right now I'm discovering just as you're discovering. So what's important to you? That's, that's what's been hard for me to figure out. <laughs> Um, I, I think, you know, I, I think I, I was more comfortable without having, uh, any kind of, you know, core in place or any kind of boundaries mm-hmm. in place. Um, and I think though, because he's kind of jerked back, it's made me think maybe I'm making a mistake and maybe I'm being too, um, you know, it may, it, you know, causes me to feel too much like where I'm at that, you know, or that, or that it's going to allow us to get back into the same old habits and nothing to change or grow. Okay. For some reason, you're, you're have become real fuzzy. I can't really understand everything you're saying, but I would suggest this, if you can still hear me, try not mm-hmm. to react. In other words, you know, like, and start second guessing yourself. Maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have done the other. It'll drive you nuts if you do that. So mm-hmm. do what's important to you. And I'm glad you're dealing with, uh, with as a melody. You said dealing with melody. She's excellent. And just yeah. stay in there as patiently as you can and don't overreact. Just a little okay. bit of patience right now, my friend. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Young. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Now we're going to go to Jason from North Carolina. Jason, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can. How may I help you today? Um, I hope all this makes sense. <laughs> Back in June, hey, my wife told me. I don't, I don't make sense all the time either, my friend. So it's okay. <laughs> Just give it a shot. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, back in June, my wife told me basically that she uh, was not in love with me anymore, but she has love mm-hmm. for me. Um, we're in our thirties. We still live in the same house. We have four children. Um, the guy that she's seeing now is a guy she dated back in high school that she broke up with apparently to get back with me, um, back when we were dating, we had split up and then she had broke up with him to get back with me. And then we ended up getting married a few years later and we've been, we've been married now for almost 11 years come March. (laughs) And, um, anyway, we're still in the same house. Uh, I'm getting accused of trying to force a relationship. Um, and I don't feel like I'm trying to force it. I mean, sometimes just having a regular conversation. Um, matter of fact, last night she said, you know, the way I act sometimes is like I'm trying to force it. Um, there's times where she'll say things like we need to get new furniture or when we do, or when we get the money, we need to do things like this, like talking like in the future. And then there's times where she'll tell me we're not in a relationship, you know. And so when this all came about at first, um, I noticed she was getting a little distant. And she would say things like I need to find myself right now. Um, I just need to be alone, things of that nature. Then mm-hmm. when she finally told me basically that she didn't want us to be in, in, a, in, be in the marriage anymore. She said things like I was controlling. Um, I know my alcohol played a big role into it, which I stopped drinking. Um, but basically Good. at this point, Good. I mean, it's kind of like a roller coaster. You know, some days she'll come in the house or when I get home from work, um, you know, if she's in the living room, I come in the room and then I'll sit in here maybe 30 minutes or so. And then she'll come in here wanting to have a conversation and then there's other mm-hmm. days where she wants to kind of just be to herself. And then there's other mm-hmm. days where she'll come on the couch and cuddle with me out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just really confused. Um, I'm pretty sure it's limerous the way she went about it. It's like she tried to rush everything. And I think um, one of the factors, I kind of almost feel like the reason why I'm still here or the reason why she even considers maybe having a relationship with me is because the guy – that she's dating from high school works out of town and he works a lot out of town. He's only here like a couple of days a week. And basically we get along until he comes into town. And then for those Mm -hmm. two days, she gets very distant and rude and mean. And so Mm -hmm. I I guess I'm just really trying to get some direction and understanding on what to do. Okay. Um, And how old do you say you guys are? (laughs) I'm I'm 34 and she's 30. Okay. And, and how many years did you say you've been married, Jason? 11. 11 years. Okay. March, March will make 11 years. Okay. And so when you guys I talk married, about divorce, when I talk, I'm sorry. sorry. When I talk about divorce, when I talk about divorce, like, you know, sometimes we get in little arguments. And when I mm-hmm. talk about divorce, she gets quiet. But then she mm-hmm. still wants to let me know, for instance, on Valentine's Day, I bought her a gift. And she said, well, oh, I wasn't expecting anything, being that we wasn't together. So, I mean, I'm just kind of confused. <laughs> well, you're seeing some very mixed behavior, no doubt about that. But you understand that 
people who get into situations are not operating out of logic. You, you do realize that, right? It's all emotion. And when people operate out of emotions, I mean, for example, you mentioned the word limerence. If indeed she is in limerence, then she's having emotions that she herself doesn't understand. And, and it really becomes quite a roller coaster emotionally for her. Okay. And so expecting things to be consistent is actually expecting something that's not going to happen. She's not even consistent inside of herself what she feels, what she wants to do, et cetera. These things change and move around. Uh, when she says things to you, Jason, like uh, that you're controlling, how do you respond? Sometimes I get angry uh, because I don't see myself as controlling. Now, some of the things she's told me, because she, she's bringing up all this stuff from the past. Like she told me, I wish you would have changed 11 years ago. And I do understand her reason behind the drinking because her mother passed away from cirrhosis of the liver. And I understand why she didn't like drinking. But, you know, kind of ironically now that she's seeing this guy, there's been nights when she comes back in the house and I can smell alcohol in her breath. You know, it's just the weirdest thing. But when she, when she says that, sometimes I, I do get a little angry because I don't feel like I'm trying to control anything. I'm trying to just have a friendship with you at this point, like you said you wanted. Mm-hmm. And is that what you say to her? I have. But she kind of shuts it down a lot of the times whenever we try to talk about anything regarding relationships. She'll say, look, I just don't want to argue. Mm-hmm. And then she told me before, I just have a feeling with this guy, and I just want to follow the feeling. But I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's limited because she's, you know, she used to keep the house very clean. And like I said, when, on the days that he's in town, she don't worry about the kids eating or nothing. She just gets up and she's gone. No, it may well be limerence, my friend. Okay, a couple of suggestions for you, if I may. One is... That when you respond as you did, which is very human, I mean, who would blame you? But when you respond as you, as you just described, it, it uh, basically says to the other person, I'm not listening to what you feel. I'm telling you how I feel. And there's always a time to do that. There is a time when you say, okay, you need to know how I feel. But that typically works better if first the other person feels understood. So, for example, give me an, an example here. If she says you've been controlling, rather than go, look, I'm just trying to do what's right or whatever it is that you start to say, what you do is you respond by saying, okay, help me understand what that means. And if she tries to explain it further, okay, can you give me examples? Now, if she's used to you arguing back with her or trying to correct her or tell her, you know, you're wrong because I see it this way, then you may have to say something like, I promise I'm not going to argue. I promise I'm not going to defend myself. I just want to understand you. And so when you, if you want to explain to me how it is that you feel I've been controlling, I'll listen. I'll hear you. That doesn't mean necessarily you have to agree with it. You don't have to go at the end and go, well, crap, you're right. Unless, of course, you realize that she is. <laughs> In that case, you can go, well, crap, you're right. Uh, but if not, you can go, okay, thank you for being open and honest with me about that. Because when a person begins to share, here's what I feel, and you sound as if you're defending yourself or arguing back, then that person doesn't feel understood. Now, if she's indeed in limerence, one of the things that occurs in limerence is that she, in all likelihood, feels very understood by the other guy. Now, I'm not saying you need to compete with him. You don't. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that, that people, all people, males and females, but particularly females, want to feel you understand me. You get me. And the way you accomplish that is by not defending yourself, not arguing back, but listening. The good news here, Jason, is this. When he's out of town, she's still connecting with you. She's still torn in some of the things that she says, which means that if she is in limerence, she's certainly not in crystallization because at that point it would be nothing but vilifying you. And that means that there's a door open here, my friend, to help her get past this. Now, as I've already said, and I'm going to repeat here, so forgive the redundancy, don't expect her to be logical because she's in an emotional state and logic's not going to happen. Well, since she's in an emotional state, don't try to change things by being logical with her. What you do is you try to understand her emotions. And when she opens the door to say, well, how do you feel about that? Or she in some way indicates, okay, I want to know what you think. Then that's when you can be open. And at that time, what you really want to do, if you can do it, Jason, and you sound like a pretty intelligent guy to me, what you would do at that point would be something like, okay, I'll tell you how I feel. 
But as you do so, don't make it sound like an attack on her. Like, I feel like you should make up your damn mind because I'm being driven crazy about this. Don't do that. <laughs> what you do is, okay, what I feel is confused. And I still love you very much. And it hurts to know that, that uh, you're emotionally connected to another guy. Now, that's just talking from your frame of reference, which makes it more likely that she'll hear what you're saying. But my recommendation is put that off put that off until such time as she's ready to hear what you feel right now. It sounds as if she's trying to get you to understand how it feels. And the problem is it's not going to make any sense to you because it doesn't make any sense to her. Therefore you listen, you, you are like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand. I really am. I care about how you feel. And if she says something like I'm confused, you go, you know, I can get that. And I do. I just want you to know I'm here for you. If she says something like, well, I wish you'd have changed 11 years ago, your response can be, if that would have made this better today, I wish I'd changed 11 years ago, too. It doesn't mean you're agreeing with her. It just means that you're putting yourself in a situation where she feels understood. And that's, the, that's one of the great keys in helping move people back toward you. Remember this, Jason. If, you, if you've listened to much of what we said, you may have heard me say this before. People don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Let me say it again. People don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. It doesn't mean it's better, but they believe it's better. That hasn't altogether happened because she still sometimes cuddles with you. It hasn't altogether happened because sometimes she talks about the furniture you guys need to get together. So she's vacillating through there. So what do you do? Well, because you love this woman, and it's obvious that you do, and you believe that at heart, she's a good woman who screwed up at the point at this moment, which sounds to me like what you believe, then you yeah. continue to become better by being that amazingly understanding where she can finally get to the point where it's like, I can talk to Jason about anything. He understands. He listens. And that's one of the powerful things if you can pull it off. That's not always easy because some of this stuff's painful. But if you can pull it off, that's one of the major keys in getting her to finally let go of that other thing and begin to think more and more, Hey, why am I going to leave this guy? Because people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Well, you can help diminish, even eradicate that belief by becoming the best you you can possibly be. So are you as intelligent as you sound young man? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> From one Southern man to another, you're over there in North Carolina. You go, uh, sounds to me like you are. And it certainly sounds to me like you love this woman. Do you? Yes, sir. I do. And, and last night she told me, she said, well, the reason why I can't, she said, I need a separation. Well, she says things like I need this separation right now. And one of the things she told me last night after we went out and had pizza and did some other things, um, and that's the thing. She'll still go to the gym with me. She still wants to do things with our children together, take them out and stuff. But she told me that um, she said, I can't be in a relationship with you because you're just too controlling. And I feel like when we're not in a relationship, well, I, my response was, well, I'm not trying to control you. I'm not, do I control you now? And she said, well, that's why I don't want to be in a relationship with you because when we're just as friends, you don't try to control me. Hmm. Okay. Again, I recommend that when she says things like that, see, the answer you just gave sounded like you were being defensive. And that's human. That's human. I'm not saying what you did was bad. But if you want to be kind of um, beyond the human, or as wise beyond your years, or even wise beyond my years, is when you go, well, do me a favor and help me understand the things I do that feel controlling to you. Just like I stopped drinking, I can, I can make myself, not make myself, that's the wrong word, I can continue to grow and develop. And so if she says, I feel like you're being controlling, don't argue. Just say, you know, I'm, I hate that you feel that way. I really do. Now, again, I didn't agree that you were. I just said, I hate you feel that way. I really do. And I'm wide open to you teaching me what I do that comes across as controlling so that I don't do that ever again to you. And then you just genuinely really listen. Uh, you love this woman. How old are your kids? Um, we have a 12-year-old. We have a eight-year-old, we have a seven-year-old, and we have a uh, five-year-old. You need to buy a television, son. Five. Find something else to do. <laughs> 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 Only Southern guys get that, by the way. 
Uh, it, <laughs> so you've got a good history with this woman. And what genders are oh, your kids? Uh, we have two boys and two girls. And she was the best wife ever until, and I understand how we got here. You know, I really did mm-hmm. my drinking and partying and all that. I understand mm-hmm. how we got here. And she said it was a verbal abuse. And I mm-hmm. see all that now. Um, Good. But the thing is, she was a she was a great wife, but she's like a totally different person now. And she's like trying yeah. to rush and push everything and make this relationship right with this guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, they dated back in high school, which was years ago. Right. I just don't understand why she's so, you know, pushing is, that, that relationship. Right. Yeah. Is that good person still inside her? At times, yes, sir. Okay. In other words, that person still exists. All right. Yeah. So the, the limerence is overriding it. I get that. But you believe at heart she's still a good woman, right? Yes, sir. Okay, my friend, yes, Jason. If, if you might want to go back and play this back again later because it's recorded and listen to it again and, and start learning from those principles, my heart's with you on this, man. I, I would love to see this marriage rescued because of you. You're just likable, by the way, and because of her <laughs> and because of your kids. And if we can help you, my friend, we stand ready to do so, okay? All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. I like that young man. I really do. Okay. Um, out of time here. So let me give our number. If you have not called our office, you can call and talk to one of our client representatives at 615-472-1161. That's 615-472-1161. And they'll be happy to help you in any way that they possibly can. Until next week, this is Dr. Joe Beam saying goodbye.